Welcome back to the audio diary of Aaron Lockman and my mini-series Unreviewable, in which I attempt to review things that would make any sane man weep. Today, we're going to take a look at bisexuality, that most opaque, wily, and perplexing of sexual orientations. Back in the spring of 2011, at the age of 16, I took a trip to England along with two of my drama teachers and seven other teenage theater geeks. It was an expensive trip, one which I knew had little chance of happening again, and as we wandered through Stratford-upon-Avon, and subsequently London, seeing Shakespeare plays, attending workshops, and hitting all the requisite tourist attractions, I felt a sort of anticipatory nostalgia, a melancholy knowledge that this trip with this tight-knit group would be a seminal memory from my teenagerdom. At the bed and breakfast we stayed in in Stratford-upon-Avon, I was assigned a room with a boy one year younger than me, let's call him Acton. Acton was one of those friends I had in high school who I admired a great deal, but with whom I could never quite figure out how to interact. We hung out with the same people, shared the same interests, but stuck in a room together, I was always hard-pressed to actually hold a conversation with him. Later in high school, as our larger friend group fractured due to an unrelated drama, we drifted apart. But on those two or three nights rooming with Acton in Stratford-upon-Avon, I recall that I began to unconsciously visualize certain... thoughts about him. I'm sure you can surmise what type of thoughts those were. This is an episode about bisexuality, after all. But the point is, that is the first occasion I can recall having those thoughts about a man. But back then, I genuinely didn't think anything would come of it. Because at the time, I happened to be right smack dab in the middle of a year and a half long obsessive crush on a girl, also on the England trip with us. And most of my brain power was, of course, devoted to that. This is a pattern that I noticed going all the way back to my early childhood. Obsessive crushes on girls, fueled by a variety of factors, chief among them an endless stream of movies and TV shows where the awkward, nerdy white kid inevitably gets the girl in the end, precluding my ability to see my own truth. And while that's obviously just my experience, and I don't wish to speak for every bisexual, I find it an interesting analog for how the world at large perceives, or doesn't perceive, bisexuality. I want you to picture, for a moment, the image of what you think of as a stereotypical gay man. Please remember that we are working with stereotypes here, so being a little offensive is part of the exercise. Everyone got it? You're probably picturing someone tall, well-dressed, probably a little jacked, who speaks with an effeminate flair and is super into musical theater, right? Now, of course, it's important to remember that this is a stereotype and doesn't always reflect reality and that gay men come in all shapes and sizes and personality types, but bear with me, that's part of my point. Now, I'd like you to imagine a stereotypical straight man. Probably a little more unkempt than the gay man, perhaps with some facial scruff and a baseball hat. Someone who enjoys beer and wings and football and has trouble expressing his emotions. Now, if you would, I want you to imagine a stereotypical bisexual man. There's less to work with there, isn't there? Your mind might have jumped to a specific bisexual man, someone you know, or Captain Jack from Doctor Who, or Daryl from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, 
But those last two are both pretty recent and fictional examples, and in the case of Captain Jack, his bisexuality is mostly grounded in a less prevalent, slightly uglier, more subtextual stereotype about bisexuals. Captain Jack isn't so much coded as bisexual as he is an inexhaustible sex hound who will stump anything with a pulse regardless of gender. Other TV bisexuals fit this type, Pam from Archer springs to mind, and of course there is that one episode of Sex and the City where the girls assert that you shouldn't date a bisexual man because he's obviously just gay and not entirely out of the closet yet, another ugly stereotype. And of course, there is the equally harmful trope of the beautiful, promiscuous, usually European bisexual woman, who exists mostly for the benefit of the male gaze, like in Gaspar Noel's film, Love. But fascinatingly, those are all stereotypes that deal with behavior and deal much less with personality as the gay and straight stereotypes do. And so, bisexuality comes off as rather nebulous. There is biphobia out there, certainly, but what I've encountered most often is a sort of bi-bafflement. Our culture strays away from portrayals of bisexual personalities, so people don't have a lot of positive or negative associations with them. Bisexuality is there, it's in the acronym, but it's difficult to acknowledge because it's rarely ever there. There are tons of fascinating sociological reasons for this that I won't get into, reasons why bisexual stories seem to have been largely left out of the sexual revolution of the 70s and the AIDS epidemic of the 80s. Bisexuals were there, and they were doing things, but we don't hear about them. I grew up middle-middle class in a largely upper-middle-class part of suburban southern Maine, and while the politics there were usually very liberal, the privilege I was surrounded by made those politics very removed from reality. And so while, as a child, I wholeheartedly believed gay people should totally have rights and be able to get married and stuff, I never quite saw being gay as something that people do, merely something that happens on the news. And bisexuality, while I had certainly heard the word by high school, seemed so far removed from reality that it scarcely merited a second thought. If you contrast that with my views on bisexuality now, well, frankly, I've become a bit of an evangelist about it. To me, it almost seems like the perfect post-feminist sexual orientation, a fluid worldview that perceives your potential partner's gender as a relevant yet secondary characteristic, an aesthetic factor rather than a qualifying one. You can be attracted to different traits on different genders, but things remain rather egalitarian for the most part. The lack of palpable stereotypes works to your advantage, and all the straight people bullshit gets slowly stripped away until we're all just people. It seems to me the natural way to see the world. It's like slowly realizing there's an elephant in the room, only to then realize that you've been trespassing in the elephant's living room the whole time. And as a result of this idea, I've become a bit of a conspiracy theorist about the whole thing. Since high school, the vast majority of my teenage friend group has come out as bisexual, and so I've gotten to the point where I weirdly believe that everyone in the world is secretly bisexual and too chicken shit to admit it. Now, I'm not arrogant enough to think this opinion reflects reality, and I've gotten justifiably called out on it many times. 
This perspective fails to take into account identity politics of the intense feelings of freedom and self-actualization that can come from identifying as gay or lesbian. It also ignores asexuality, demisexuality, pansexuality, and a host of others. And ultimately, I do have to accept that the labels ultimately don't matter all that much, and that if identifying as something makes people happy, just as identifying as bisexual makes me happy, then who am I to rain on that parade? I think I buy into this conspiracy theory. Get it? Buy into it? Because, for me, the process of realizing I was bisexual was the first in a series of gradual revelations that started to make me feel like an adult. It made me look at gender differently, it made me look at people differently, and in many ways felt like the slow peeling off of a blindfold. Now, I don't want to deify my bisexuality. It doesn't mean I don't have problems or that I never objectify other people. But for all the good it's done me, I have no choice but to give bisexuality five out of five stars. Next week on Unreviewable, I will be reviewing Failure. And yes, I fully expect it to be a complete failure. And yes, I know I'm hilarious. <laughs> <laughs>